right now welcome to the protectors podcast what's going on callie oh man another day how many times have you been on this is your second or third uh i think this is my third or fourth yeah because i think you've co-hosted and then a bunch of other stuff too mm-hmm. yeah it's great to have you back on today we're going to talk about a topic that i is near and dear to me which i absolutely love is competition shooting welcome to the world of competition shooting it's addicting very Let's talk about how, so, I mean, I know you've been training for a while. You've really been into the sport shooting for a long time, just actually taking it to that next level. Mm-hmm. When did you like say, Hey, you know what? It's cool training everybody, but I kind of want to learn myself and I want to jump into this, this weird world of sport shooting. Um, well, let's, I'm going to back up just a little bit. So as I've gone through my firearms journey, I've had a couple of people mention to me like, Hey, you really should compete. You really should compete. You really should compete. I kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And I, I guess maybe some imposter syndrome or whatever was going on. I was like, man, I'm just not good enough for this. I'm seeing all these people that are shooting and they are just crushing these stages. So expectation management, right? Like where I thought I was versus where I'm act- I actually am was way higher. So I had, I went to an RPGI training for this last match that I did, I did the soft match out at Element Training Complex in Holt. And it was an eye opener, right? I found out that I could get into this flow state and just rip the gun through these matches. And I was doing really good. I was like, okay, so I can actually do this. And then I was hooked. When you, you know, there's a couple different things you said there. One was the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the other one is like letting it rip it all comes down to the same thing. The imposter syndrome is this: like you could have all the training in the world, but you're like, do I really belong in here with these like class a level people, these masters shooters, these grandmasters. And you get there and you're like, you know what? There are a ton of people at these matches. Mm-hmm. Some have just picked up a gun like two years ago for the yeah. first time okay. and they're shooting and they're having fun. And then the other thing too, was like letting it flow. I've always found that Like if you just trust it, trust your instinct and just go with it speed accuracy it all adds up but yeah there's a couple cool things there and i'm glad you're really doing this oh yeah let me then letting your gun rip too like for me big on double taps and recoil management that was a a big takeaway for me um something i needed to work on but as far as the speed goes and all the training that i've had prior i've been extremely fortunate that most of my training has been with some type of special forces instructor I think I mentioned this in one of our first podcasts, seventh group guys down in Honduras actually taught me, they retaught me how to shoot and they gave me a really good foundation to start with. And then just progressing through my firearms journey, working with tack gas and visually watching operators, you know, they're LARPing, but doing, doing it live and running full speed. Like I was trying to compare myself to people that, you know, not comparable, but still getting really good instruction. And everything started translating over. And I actually did really good. I placed second in the ladies division. Um, I placed 48th overall, which I should have placed way higher. But I didn't understand some of the rules, like gaming some of the matches. 
Um, I had quite a few failure to engages. Caffeine towards the end of the match would have saved me. That would have been a big, big help. Um, there were seven matches and it, there was something physical at almost every single stage. And by the end of it, man, I was just exhausted and just totally was like, oh, I just didn't even, they didn't even register in my mind that they were there. Right. So stage planning, caffeine, um, take slowing down a little bit too. like my last two stages that I ran at the match, I did, I shot really good, but I was going so fast and I was just so exhausted. I just missed four targets. So that's a 15 second penalty for each target. Um, and if I would have known that I could have cleared my pistol and then gone and grabbed my rifle and re-engaged, I would have done that. But I didn't even know that that was an option. So understanding some of the rules would have definitely, I would have placed way higher. Yeah. The rules for everything is kind of different. You know, like the outlaw match you went to, the two guns, the USPSA, the IDPA. It's almost like you have to do your homework before you go. You can't just show up that day. And then planning the stages mm-hmm. with the rules attached too is huge. And especially if you're the first one off the bat and you don't get to watch everybody else go, you're kind of like, oh, man, don't put me up first. (laughs) You don't want to be top three going like right off the get go. You want to be like fourth or fifth, like watch it a couple times, get a good idea, run it through your mind and then stick to the plan. So for me, when I was planning my stages, I was planning it based off positions instead of how many targets I need to hit. So running to a position, I know I have these targets here, running to another position, I have these targets over here, and then finishing up at at another position instead of going, I can see all these, I'm just going to shoot all these, and let me run to a different spot, I can shoot shoot all these targets and run to another spot, and then that's how you miss them, right? So definitely trying to stick to a stage plan. I need to do more memory games when I'm tired. I think that'll help out a lot. Um, The physical fitness part, I'm in pretty decent shape. Um, my cardio is pretty good. I do the sauna cardio. I'm a cheater. I'm not a runner at all. I'm a, I'm pretty physically strong, but running a larger gun, I definitely need to have more upper body strength because that I was definitely getting really tired towards the end of my my rifle. What were you running? Um, I was running a friend's gun. I, honestly, I have no idea what it is. It's some tricked out, super spicy competition gun. It rips. Uh, I have no idea what it is though. <laughs> what are you using for a handgun? Um, I, I use my SIG. So I have a SIG Legion. Um, I'm actually switching back to Glock though. Okay. So I'm out running my SIG. Um, I love it. However, I think going back to a Glock, it, I've shot a Glock for so long that it just feels way better. I've got a better natural point of aim um, and I can run it a little bit faster than I can run my SIG. No, you're running a stock Glock or are you, you doing any mods on it? Um, so the Glock that I'm running is a Glock 34. So there's a company out here called Precision Tactical and they have a CNC mm-hmm. machine. They do stippling, grip reductions. Um, <clears throat> so the, the Glock that I'm going to be running, the top of it's ported. And the, actually the barrel itself is ported, which is, it shoots super flat, has a grip reduction on it. And it is awesome. It's a beautiful gun. Yeah, if you take the the standard Glock, I'd be like, oh, man. Mm-mm. So I've been running. So when I first started USPSA, I was running my SIG uh, Legion X5, which is perfect. 320, mm-hmm. it's big. And then I went to the Walther PDP, 
and put an Overwatch Precision trigger on it, put some little grips on there, and it's it's awesome. But then for IDPA, I'm using a Sig. 320 compact but then i you know i did my own modifications on it put the gray guns trigger in there put a wilson lower but now i'm kind of like huh i'm trying to find the perfect balance of what i love and i've said this on two different podcasts now i've never shot one of these 1911 nine millimeters before like the staccatos yeah i've been hearing about them and i'm like i never shot one i always wanted to try it so that's really popular um jade she runs a 2011 of Blackwater made her a pistol. And then one of my other friends, Ethan, he's the general manager out at element training complex. He runs a 2011 and 2011s are really fast guns, man. And they have the weight behind it. For me, the external safety messes with me. Yeah. So if I'm going to go with a 2011, I'm going to need at least a month to really get my grip with that, that pistol before I'm like super comfortable with it. Yeah, the safety in a slide catch too, because it because I'm assuming it's just like my regular 1911. Because I have a Scorpion 1911.45 now, and it's like getting used to the slide release because I don't have an extended slide release on it, and everything. So for work, I've been carrying a Glock for a million years, but for shooting, I've been you know using all these other ones, almost like a Glock. But getting to that 1911 type frame and getting used to, like you said, the safety and everything is going to be interesting. Yeah. And it's, it has a lot to do with the grip. So a lot of the, I know a lot of the guys like it because it acts kind of like a gas pedal. So you can, you have better recoil mm-hmm. management with it and the weight of the gun itself. It's a full metal frame pistol. So for women, a heavier pistol is going to be better, whether you're carrying a, um, a personal protection pistol or a home defense pistol or using it for competition, the heavier the pistol, the less recoil you're going to have. Uh, that's why I was shooting my SIG for this competition because it's a it's a tungsten infused frame, right? It's mm-hmm. a heavy pistol. Um, but I was talking to some of the guys, and they're like, "This gun isn't big enough for you." And I was like, "What do you mean? This mm-hmm. is the gun that I have, right?" So they were they either recommended I go with a Max Michelle uh, SIG, which is the the long super long one, or go with a Glock thirty four and do some work on it and run that. I think I'm just going to go with the Glock. Yeah. I, you know, I might actually check out a Glock again too. I mean, at this point in my life, I'll just try out everything I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm running, um, man, I wish I would have brought it out with me. I'm running a gen three Glock 34 and this thing freaking rips. I'm trying to think of like, uh, man, I had a Glock 17 gen four, gen three. And I ended up selling it to one of my buddies. I'm like, why did I do that? I could have just taken it like modded the hell out of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, I, I would like to have, so I built a couple of aero precision PCCs and they use Glock mags. Yeah. So I'm like, huh? I'm like, I probably should get a Glock. And then, cause if I do, like you said, you did the outlaw was the outlaw yeah. like five, five, six, or could you use um nine millimeter carbine or explain the whole match setup for me? So the soft match uh, outlaw rules are, if you're going to be running a rifle, it needs to be a 223, 5.56, or through whatever caliber you're, you're using, right? But if it was a pistol, um, it needs to be a pistol. I don't think I saw anybody running any PCCs. It was all 223 and 5.56. Um, and I'm pretty sure no one shot any 308 out there. But basically, what outlaw means is you don't have to use the same gun at each station, at each, st- at each stage. You can use whatever gun you want. And that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Now, when you go to this EOD match, is it pistol and PCC or is it just straight mm-hmm. PCC? 
Yeah, pistol and P- PCC. It's both. Have you picked up a PCC yet? I shot my first one yesterday. <laughs> it feels a lot like rifle. It's got a little bit more kickback. The the blowback on it's a little bit yeah. harder. So working on some recoil management with that. I did a ton of double taps yesterday. Um, I feel really good with it. My rifle works pretty good. I'm very confident with a rifle. For me, it's I need to do a lot of dry firing from, you know, they start at gun on belt, which I've always started in the high ready. So it's yeah. not that different for me. Um, but getting used to having your pistol or your rifle flat with a buttstock on the freaking belt and then getting back into position, finding your optic, like that's for me what I really need to work on because I'm losing, you know, a half a second to a second with just that right there. It's crazy how like time really does like really factor into it because you said you're going to move on to the USPSA and like, mm-hmm. so USPSA and IDPA, a lot of similarities, a ton of differences, especially when it comes to the rules and stuff. USPSA, you can pretty much plan that stage out how you want it and every split second matters. And that comes down to the gear and everything. Like my belt for um, IDPA is completely different because I'm acting like I'm concealed. Mm-hmm. And for my USPSA, it's like everything's out there. You're just ready to go. So, and mag placement, reloads, dry fires, it all adds up to just seconds. Yeah. And that's why when people say don't dry, dry fire doesn't help. Believe me, it does when it comes to these matches big time. Oh my gosh. And learning to reload on the move instead of reloading in position, right? If you know you're getting low while you're going to your next position, just throw a reload in. Right. That for me, like mm-hmm. I would just shoot until I was empty and that was costing me time. Yep. So, and that's the cool thing about planning stages. You can plan your mag, your round count for your mags for a lot of them too. I mean, yeah. some of them you have to start off. They'll say like, Hey, you got to start off with eight rounds. You got to start off maxed or whatever, but mm-hmm. you could plan around that. Yeah. Yeah. So stage planning is real, real big. And then moving to, I had a couple guys tell me they're like, whenever you're running these matches, it's more it's beneficial to shoot and move right so depending on what tactical operator you're talking to they're like i'm just going to run to my position get in position and start shooting you talk to these competition shooters and they're like you need to be moving and shooting Mm -hmm. like that's going to take up so much time to get there stop shoot your shit run do a reload at your state like all those little things add up so for me getting behind the red dot moving and shooting is going to be a really big time suck. It's something I definitely need to work on. Well, that's what it comes like when you trust your gun, mm-hmm. when you trust every round coming out of it, then you can move fast. Yep. And I think that's one of the problems I'm having is I'm using too many different guns for too many different matches. Mm-hmm. I should just find that my perfect gun that's perfect for me and just run it, yep. run it. IDPA, USPSA, two gun, three gun, seven gun shotgun yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean that was just just do it and i'm thinking i really just need to find the one that i feel comfortable with yeah and i would recommend once you find that one make one that is identical to it as your backup in case you have a catac- catastrophic failure because you don't want to go down as we had a dude um he was doing really good and then he had a catastrophic failure on his rifle and his rifle went down and he ended up placing last because he didn't have a backup so you can oh, trust yeah. your stuff all day long but you need to have a backup. And what else you have to trust is your damn belt. Your oh, gear. Yeah. I've seen, it's happened to me. I've been to like probably about 10 or 12 matches so far. And I've seen two people's belts just come off mm-hmm. and you're done. 
your DQ. Yeah. You know, so I, I went home, I had like a cheap ass click in belt. I went home, I bought a, a wilder tactical setup for my, um, for a two gun. And then I have, um, geez, I don't remember black scorpion or something and safari land for my USPSA. And then I have a, a, a fucking badass belt. I don't let's don't let your belt fall. The other thing too is holster. Make yeah. sure you have a holster that's going to hold your gun when you're running. Mm-hmm. Cause you if that damn gun, gun falls on the ground, you're DQ'd. You if people, People don't understand what a DQ is. It means you're disqualified, and that yeah. means you're not shooting the rest of the day. Yep, you're done. You're that's it. Um, so I'm running a sub second belt, and then I have the G code mag pouches on it. I really, really, really like the G code mag pouches. They're sticky on the inside, so your stuff's not going to fall out. Um, and then as far as a holster, I was running a Priority One holster for my Sig, but I'm sl- switching to a uh, Safari Land for this Glock. Mm-hmm. I like Safari. I mean, I've been using Safari Land forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I could trace Safari Land back to the Border Patrol 23 yeah. years ago. Holy crap. And I had a funny story about that. So, and talk about gear. So, I used to run like, you know, back in the day, it was like I had my first nylon gear and it was like just level one. You had like a button that, you know, you put it in there and you have the, the thumb snap and I'm running through mm-hmm. a field and a stick comes out and hits my pistol and pulls it right out. I'm like, holy shit. No. So from then on, I'm like a double retention, double retention yeah. minimum. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell no. So I mean, practice. I mean, and it's even if you use double retention on these things, when you practice enough with these holsters, it's going to be fine. It yeah, doesn't matter. Not, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. With my, with the Safari Land holster that I'm running, I'm at a second on my draw. So retention, as long as you dry fire with it and you get those reps in the retention's not going to matter with my priority one holster. I was just a little bit faster. Um, but I think that's just because I had more reps on that holster and that one had no retention. It was just a click in Kydex holster. Yeah. But I really like the priority one holster. The cool thing about all this competition and stuff is it does equate back into when you're training and like you are a firearms instructor, you train females. I love it. The Valkyrie tribe Mm -hmm. and everybody, before you take a break, before you get off today, good head over to Valkyrie tribe.com and you're going to be able to see everything Callie's doing, but you being more comfortable is going to help you be a better instructor. You're not going to have the imposter syndrome as much as you might think. Oh yeah. And it's like, there's so much you could do with it. So I love the fact that you're training. Is it primarily, is it hundred percent female? It is 100% female. Now, I do do private training with men that are vetted. So if I have a friend of a friend that's like, hey, I have this guy. He's looking for some training. He's never shot before, yada, yada, yada. Like, there are some security rules that I follow, so I'm not putting myself in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think eventually I will open up my classes to be co-ed. I love the female only. I do. It is like, it's such a huge thing. Like my, my primary instructor, when I got my, when I became an NRA instructor was female Mm -hmm. and she was great, such an incredible instructor, but you could tell when you get into a group of men and females and not like, I'm at a a certain point in my life now where I'm like, you could take that whole alpha mentality and just shove it up your ass. I'm 50 years old. I got nothing to prove to some 25 year old, like, I'm like, I'm like, look, dude. Um, that's cool and all, but I want to come here and learn. I don't need to tell you who I am and prove who I am. Um, I want to learn. And sometimes when you get into these classes and you have the alpha male who's like, well, I already know everything. Then why are you here? But then it also bleeds over to your, your customer base. The other women are there like, Hey, this is fundamentals. I want to learn. 
because um, eventually you're going to start getting into the more advanced stuff. And I can see it with you is like after you do a lot more of these matches, you're probably going to start. I mean, I know Callie, you're going to start. You're going to start training everything. So yeah, I, I like the idea. But also, co-ed is cool too, is if you have the right audience, the right people mm -hmm. in there, getting comfortable around both people shooting and brass flying. The more the merrier. I love it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And the co-ed too, like I want to really open that up to the couples that are interested, right? The moms and dads, the boyfriends, girlfriends, that, that type of training, have them come to come and do it together. Kind of, you know, like an awesome date night. Hey, we're going to go learn something and have fun together. Right. Building. That's actually, there you go. That's a perfect mm -hmm. thing. Who doesn't want to shoot with each other? Exactly. Wow. And the, you know, you don't have the dude trying to tell his girlfriend what to do. There's no, uh -huh. You know, you, you, that dynamic is kind of separated. Yep. I love it. Well, Callie, you're doing a ton of cool things. I'm looking forward to shooting a match with you. Um, I got to take a trip. I, I love traveling around and doing matches. I think the farthest I've gone so far is Raleigh, which is like four hours. Well, I'm going to be coming up that way in June and doing a match with Jade. Her and I, we're going to be shooting something in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I'll come out there. Come shoot. June it is. Right. I'm doing something. I signed up for an actual tier two. Okay. Or level two. What am I doing? IDPA. I'm trying to remember where it is. Georgia. Okay. Is it June or July? I got to look. I better start practicing. What am I doing, Jason? It might be May. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be hot, man. I know. One, one last thing for everybody. If you're shooting during the summer, exercise outside. Yeah. Exercise outside. Get used to the humidity. Oh, and one thing too is get some cones, practice your side to sides. You don't have to run distance with this. No, you're 20, 20, 30 yard burst. Boom, 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 boom. And then you're good. Get yeah. used to that. Yeah, definitely. With a pistol belt on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Callie, I appreciate you coming on and we'll be talking soon. I'll see you in June. Absolutely, man. Sounds good.